There may be Templars in the New World now. No doubt you have clashed with them already. But you have not encountered cunning or danger until you have faced a British Templar. Miko, 1751 Hello, I'm Andrew, and I want to welcome you to Visions of the Past, a podcast all about the lore of Assassin's Creed. This is episode 87, and today we're going to talk about the history of the British Rite of the Templar Order. The start of the British Rite of the Templar Order is hard to narrow down, as we have recently seen with Assassin's Creed Valhalla that the Order of the Ancients, the largest of the pre-Templar groups that we know about, were active within the British Isles, while it was under the control of the Roman Empire, sometime between 43 AD and 410 AD. While we are speaking of the Order of the Ancients, it is important to also note that the transition from the Order of the Ancients to the Templar Order started with King Alfred of Wessex, when he used Eivor Varen's daughter to bring down the English branch of the Order of the Ancients in 878. Because the Templars were not publicly recognized until 1129 with the Council of Troy, we're going to focus on the Order after this time. And because of that, we're going to be taking information from the games Assassin's Creed III, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. The comics, Assassin's Creed Brahmin, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Templars, and the novels... Assassin's Creed Forsaken, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Underworld, Assassin's Creed Heresy, Assassin's Creed Gold, and Assassin's Creed Fragments, The Blade of Azu. The first known notable moment the Templar Order had after 1129 was the construction of the Temple Church in London in 1185 to act as their local base of operations. Around this time, Maria Thorpe also joined the British Rite of the Templar Order, but as most of her Templar career is with the Levantine Rite, I won't go into detail here about her. But if you want to know more about the life of Maria Thorpe, she is the topic of episode 33. After the death of King Richard in 1199, the Templars manipulated multiple events, including the reign of King John, but when the public face of the Templar Order fell in 1312, they were pushed even farther into the shadows. This continued through the Hundred Years' War, most notably the year 1422, when King Henry VI of England ascended to the throne at the age of nine months. This left his uncle and Templar John of Bedford, Regent of France. The war went well for the English until Jeanne d'Arc found a sword of Eden in 1429, starting to turn the tide for the French. She was captured during the siege of Compiègne in 1430 and allegedly burnt at the stake, with the sword being turned over to the French Templars, who returned it to the temple in Paris. The next turning point for the Templar order took place during the Renaissance era. During the late 15th century, the Templars made attempts to place one of their own on the throne of England. This plan was eventually foiled by King Henry VII. Sent by the Templar Order, Perkin Warbeck was supposed to plant their puppet, Lambert Simnel, on the throne, but King Henry was able to thwart the two schemes by having the Templar hanged and the puppet imprisoned. In 1503, it was found out that there were even more Templars in King Henry's court, 
including Margaret of York, but because of her ties to Maximilian I, the Holy Roman Emperor, he couldn't do anything about it. The Italian Brotherhood of Assassins, though, found out about this and offered to eliminate her and the other Templars in the king's court. To this he agreed, as long as she died, quote-unquote, naturally. So, on November 23, 1503, the assassins poisoned her food, her face paint, and her pillow, which all led to her death. The victory over the Templars did not last long, however. Almost 50 years after the death of King Henry VII, Queen Mary I took his place on the throne on July 19, 1553. And surprise, surprise, Queen Mary was a pawn of the Templars. Being true to the Templar order, Queen Mary reinstated the Catholic Church as the religion of England, burning hundreds of Protestants at the stake in the process. Five years later, in November 1558, the Queen's rule was brought to an abrupt end when the assassins removed her from power. Fast forward to the 18th century. Templars saw a massive bloom in their influence. Grandmaster Reginald Birch was leading the Templar order at the time, and his efforts led them to completely eradicating the assassins from London. With their power largely unchecked, the Templar order started spreading to other continents, namely Africa, Asia, and the Americas. Within Britain, the Templars dug their nails into all levels of society through capitalism, ensuring only chosen members of society ascended to the higher ranks of the social hierarchy. At that point, the Templar order even had their hands on the East India Company, where, according to history, it was one of the greatest establishments to ever exist during the rule of the British Empire. As the East India Company established trade routes with other countries, the Templars not only used the company to siphon more funds from around the world, but, and more importantly, used the company to travel anywhere around the world where there was a trade route on their search for Isu temples and artifacts. At the end of the 18th century, just before the French Revolution, the British Templars started to become worried about the rising turmoil in France. So much so that the Carrolls, a high-ranking family within the British Templars, tried to have the wife of the French Grandmaster killed. While this failed, it led to the Carrolls using Elise de la Serre, the French Grandmaster's daughter, to recover Haytham Kenway's letters to his half-sister Jennifer Scott. Wanting to burn these letters as they discussed Kenway's idea of uniting assassins and Templars, which they considered heresy. During the French Revolution, the Carrolls prevented the British Templars from helping Elise gain control of the French Templars after the death of her father. After Elise's death in 1794, the letters eventually fell into the hands of the French assassin Arnaud Dorian, and in 1805, after the death of Jennifer Scott, the Templars purchased the Kenway family manor so that they could discover what secrets it held. By 1868, the British Templars were at the peak of their power. London was under the control of the Grandmaster Crawford Sterrick. He owned the Sterrick Telegraph Company, allowing him to control information within the city. Sterrick's cousin and fellow Templar, Pearl Attaway, owned Attaway Transport, controlling the city's transport network. After purchasing Ferris Ironworks and inducting the previous owner, Rupert Ferris, into the order, he controlled steel production. And he also had Templars within the political, medicinal, and scientific fields, along with the de facto leader of the Bank of England. This allowed Sterrick to have its hands in every level of what was considered civilized society at the time. But this wasn't enough for Sterrick. 
He also paid off criminals to form their own gang, the Blighters, and installed Templars as their leaders under the supervision of Maxwell Roth, leading to control over every aspect of London. After inducting Lucy Thorne into the Templars, they started in earnest searching for pieces of Eden. While excavating for the London Underground, they found an apple of Eden that eventually was experimented on by Templar Dr. David Brewster. In 1868, though, assassins Jacob and Evie Fry removed Sterick's Templars one by one until they killed him under Buckingham Palace over the Shroud of Eden that was stored there. Even though Sterick was dead, along with a good number of Templars, that didn't keep the Templar order down. Shortly after Sterick's death, lower-ranking Templars tried to assassinate then-Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli and the Maharaja Dulip Singh. By 1887, the Templars were still active in London, using the name the Secret Chiefs, and financed the creation of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. During World War I, in order to add to the conflict, the Templars planted a spy ring within the ranks of British soldiers. Though Winston Churchill was able to eliminate the spies, thanks to the help of an assassin, Lydia Fry, the granddaughter of Jacob Fry. In 1927, the British Grand Master Thaddeus Gift stole from other Templars and used their contacts to embezzle money, tarnishing the reputation of the order as a whole. This corruption led to the inner sanctum of the Templar order to order the Black Cross, Albert Bolden, to assassinate him for his crimes to the Order. Bolden did assassinate Gift, and he also cut off his finger when leaving Gift's body in the street. The British right found themselves helping to plot World War II as well. Unknown to even himself, the Templars managed to turn Churchill into a puppet of their own. And with their other connections throughout the world, they connected him to another Templar puppet, Adolf Hitler. With the plans to transfer an apple of Eden between major powers to help shift the world into a new world order through capitalism and scientific progress. And the last known major maneuver by the British Rite of the Templar Order was manipulating then Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Margaret Thatcher, of course, unknown to her either, to installing Boris Yeltsin as Russia's new president. Why Boris, you might ask? Well, that's because Boris Yeltsin was yet another one of the Templar puppets. There has never been a single move made by the Templar Order that did not serve them. I know I didn't talk about everything that the British Templars were up to in their history, like the Salem Witch Trials, their activities in the British Raj, and their part in the invasion of Azu, because I feel that these moments in history are worthy of their own podcasts. I also didn't mention the activities of Haytham Kenway because he is the subject of episodes 15 and 16. With that being said, there is a lot here that the British Templars did, and that's not even mentioning how King Alfred paved the way for the order to even be born. We have manipulation on a global scale to secure global politics, an ironclad grip on the city of London, then the most populous city in the world, with corruption so bad that the quote-unquote Templar boogeyman hunted down the Grand Master. They are without a doubt a force to be reckoned with throughout the history of the world, let alone the history of the Order. And I absolutely would not want to get on their bad side. 
But what do you think about the British Templars? Let me know over on Twitter at visions underscore AC. And I want to thank you for joining me today. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. If you love stories about Assassin's Creed lore, please follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. And tell your friends about this podcast. If you have any questions about Assassin's Creed or topics that you'd like me to cover, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at visions underscore AC. And you can find those links in the show notes below. Until next time, my assassin friends, make sure to follow the creed. And to those Templars listening, may the Father of Understanding guide you.